0: Welcome to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, brought to you by the Sportsman Channel. All hunting, all fishing, all the time. Contact your local network provider and ask about the Sportsman Channel today. Now here's your host of Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, Christian
1: Berg. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. We are the voice of bowhunting, and I'm editor Christian Berg. I really appreciate you taking some time to get with us today and talk about archery, bow hunting, and all that great stuff. I am super, super excited about the show that we have for you today. We've got a a really special guest, actually the first female guest that we've had on Bow Hunting Radio since we launched this podcast last fall, and uh, I'm pretty sure that all of you are going to be familiar with her in one Uh, form or another, you may know her as an accomplished uh, big game hunter, you may know her as uh, a successful uh, tournament 3D shooter, you may know her as a Buffalo Bill cheerleader, Uh, but uh, I imagine just about all of you know her as the Martin Girl. It's Laura Francesi, and uh, we are super happy that you could take some time out to get with me today, Laura. I'm super excited to talk to you. This is going to be great. Oh, I I think it is. And, uh, you know, it's funny. We actually uh, just had a chance to meet here recently at the SHOT Show out in Las Vegas. And... uh, uh, I've been meaning to introduce myself to you for a while because, as I joked when we got together, uh, you know, I said I wanted to meet you because you're in uh, my magazine more than I am. And uh, heck, I can't turn more than a few pages uh, as we're putting things together without seeing your face. So it was great to actually meet you and learn a little bit about uh, all the things that you do that are way more than just uh, being the girl in the ads. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty funny that I'm actually in there more than you are. (laughs) Hey, you know, I guess, you know, if I had the money, I could could do it too. You know, I'm going to have to talk to Terry and see if maybe I can work in with you in some of those promos. Yeah, and I can teach you to dance, so. Oh, I definitely, definitely need help with that. (laughs) So, actually, you know, it was really neat having a chance to talk with you out there because, you know... I had really no idea anything about your background, and I was pretty blown away by a couple things. Um, you know, most notably the fact that you really only got into archery four years ago. But before we get, even get into that, maybe we sh- you should just take a, a couple minutes and tell people about, you know, your your background. You grew up in Utah, and now obviously you're in western New York with the Bills. But you had a pretty outdoorsy background, even though, you know, archery wasn't a big part of it, right?
0: I did. I, I My parents um, took me out camping, and I learned how to water ski when I was five, and I was snow skiing when I was two, and uh, I did all kinds of stuff outdoors. I, I was the youngest in my family, but um, I, I had great opportunities living in Utah to experience pretty much everything that they have available there for the, in
1: the outdoors. And uh, how many brothers and sisters do you have?
0: I have two older sisters and an older brother i um I'm the youngest, like I said, but I'm quite a bit younger, so I almost grew up like a kind of like an only child because there was six years and then twelve years and then fourteen years between my siblings and I so I did kind of grow up there kind of by myself and with all the the neighborhood kids, mostly boys, so I was kind of a tomboy
1: gotcha and um and you were uh, really into uh, sports as a kid, too, right? You played a lot of softball and actually uh, up until the college level, right?
0: I did. Uh, softball was pretty much my life. Uh, my my mom wouldn't let me play soccer, which I really wanted to do, but she was afraid I was going to get kicked in the shins all the time. So I started playing softball, and I played um, in high school, and then I went on and had a scholarship to play at Snow College. And then I went on after that to Northern New northern university and played um, softball there in south dakota
1: and so what did you study in college and how did you end up either through your career or relationships or whatever it was kind of making the big cross-country move from from utah to new york state
0: well in college i basically just did my general studies um... to be honest with you all i wanted to do was play softball so whatever I had to do so that I could play softball because it was such a huge part of my life and I loved it so much. I just, you know, took whatever general classes. Um, It was mostly in communications and uh, then once I I finished playing ball, I started working um, at a dental office and um, ironically eventually uh, met my husband who was a dentist and he purchased a practice in New York and we just moved across the country and Started a business um, or bought a business and
1: and uh, worked out here. Gotcha. And so, when did you move to New York, Laura? In 2000, August of 2000. Okay, so you've been you've basically been in in uh, back east, as we say, for a decade now.
0: And, yeah. Oh, that sounds
1: terrible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, It's, it's a not, long time. It's not so bad, is it? I mean, uh, I don't know. Everyone I talk, I mean, I'm a—I'm in Pennsylvania for anyone who's listening who doesn't know that's where bull hunting is based. And yeah, it seems like whenever I talk to, to Western guys, you know, they just get a little claustrophobic, I guess, about back East and they try to get back West as fast as they can. Uh, uh, but uh, it's worked out pretty well for you, I'd have to say. Yeah, I don't mind it out here. It's just the fact that a decade sounds like such a long time. <laughs> that just means that we're getting older, you know? Right, right. Um, and then, so so you came out here, and uh, so it must have been about four or five years after you were in New York that uh, you kind of stumbled into archery, I guess, as a way to uh, find something to do during those really long, long, cold winters in the Buffalo area, right? Right,
0: right. I um, Actually, when I grew up in Salt Lake,
1: um, there was a
0: young lady that was about my same age. Her name was Denise Parker, and she was pretty inspirational to me, and I'm sure to a lot of other people, but she was an Olympic archer and just a young girl, and I always just thought that was so cool, and that Honestly, it really stuck with me this whole time until you know about four or five years ago. I decided that hey, I was I was getting I was going to finally try to shoot a bow myself, and uh, that's what I did. I just went to an archery shop and I shot one of their little Genesis bows there, and I was like, at that moment, I was addicted right then. And I went out and bought my first compound bow the next week, and it's all history
1: now. So you started right out with a with a compound bow and got yep. into like a league at the local pro shop? Is that how it all got started for you?
0: Yeah, I guess it was kind of like a league. I I I literally would just go there every day work and shoot and uh they were like, you know, hey, why don't you come to this, you know, IBO indoor world championship? You know, what do you have to lose? And I was like, well, nothing, you know. I just I just started so I might as well just go and have some fun and And I believe it was about three months after I bought my bow, I went and I ended up placing second in that, in my, in my class in that national
1: championship. So I was,
0: I remember I even cried. I was so excited. I just couldn't believe that I had shot so well.
1: That's awesome. And, uh, so how did you get so good so quickly? Do you think, uh, you know, you were just blessed with a lot of natural ability or did you do some intensive training or maybe it was a little bit of both?
0: You know, I I actually don't think that I am naturally talented at anything, but I am really, really driven and very competitive against myself. And um, every time that I would shoot, I would try to improve in some way. You know, it didn't necessarily have to be score wise, but just in some way, just try to make little improvements every single time. And every tournament that I would shoot in, that was my goal as well. It wasn't necessarily to beat anybody or or do anything like that, it was just with myself, you know, to try to, you know, whether it was prepare uh, mentally, you know, differently or try to do it in a better way or to improve my, my score or my form, whatever it was, it was just to make little improvements and um, that's just the attitude that I, that I went into it with all the time. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, yeah, I think that drive is what, you know, helped me a lot to just progress as
1: quickly as I did. Sure and and then obviously, from that early success and that, that drive and that sort of uh, addiction to the, to the rush of, of shooting and kind of feeling the satisfaction of, of succeeding and improving, um, you know you went pretty you know full throttle into the whole uh, competitive 3d scene and, and you've actually kind of been a regular, I guess, the last few years at, at IBO and ASA events across the country, right?
0: Yeah, there there was, um, up until this last year, I've been going to every single one that I could. IBO, ASA, and FAA, I even went over to uh, France. So, I mean, I was pretty much gone almost every single week shooting in some type of a tournament. Um, up until, you know, the last couple of years, I've been hunting, and uh, hunting a lot more, actually, especially this year.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask about that next, Um you know, we didn't talk about whether your husband uh, is a hunter or an archer or anything like that. But I wonder, uh, it sounds like when you first, uh, you know, tried shooting the bow, it was purely uh, recreational target type archery. How did that morph into hunting and uh, is that something that, you know, you do with your husband or is this whole archery thing something that kind of came on a sidetrack all on its own?
0: Well, I definitely got into it on my own. Uh, my husband's never really been interested in um shooting very much. Uh he he did after a year to um have one of my my older bows fitted for his draw length and he started shooting and he's actually really good. He's pretty much good at everything that he does, but he just really wasn't interested in it. And uh he doesn't hunt. He doesn't hunt, you know, either, so this is kind of just something that I've done on my own.
1: So how did you then get from the, I assume maybe you met some people uh, that you were shooting with, competing against, and that's kind of how you got your first taste of uh, bow hunting?
0: Well, my bow hunting experience, or hunting in general, is, that's kind of a crazy story. I was actually almost anti-hunter, believe it or not. I've, I'm, And I still am very uh, much into um, I love animals and I have a lot of animals myself and, uh, you know, I don't like to see any animal suffering, but how I went from pretty much anti-hunter to out honey is, is, is pretty amazing actually to me. And when people hear my story, they can't believe it either. But I, um, to make a long story short, I had been asked, you know, obviously being in, um, shooting in tournaments in 3d, I, I would, I was asked a lot about, you know, what else I did if I hunted, um, if I was a gun hunter, if I did any waterfowl. And, you know, my answer was always no. And then someone asked me, well, have you tried it? And I thought to myself, you know, I consider myself a pretty open-minded person. And and I thought to myself, you know what? I haven't even tried it. How can I sit here and say that I don't like it and that I'm against it and it's terrible and, and all these things when I've never even been out hunting? Mm-hmm. So I decided that I would go out and get in a tree stand and I did, and I went out without my bow or anything, and stood there and or sat there one morning, and I loved it. It was awesome. Just I had, um, I remember I had a doe come in, and I was just in like whatever camouflage clothes I could find, and I didn't do any of the scent, you know. Free things or anything like that, but I had a doe come in and I had a rangefinder and I arranged her. She was like twelve yards, and I'm like, "Holy crap, this is awesome!" Mm-hmm. And you know, I saw birds and squirrels and all kinds of cool stuff like that, and I was like, "This is really fun." And
1: was, I mean, this, it, and was this, uh you know, like around home there in New York that you get that you yeah.
0: did this? Yeah, it was just right out in my property. Um, had somebody. I, I live on 120 acres, so I had a tree stand put up out there and went out there and did it, and it just progressed from there, you know, I started, uh, I went out with my bow, and I still wasn't really sure if I was going to be able to shoot anything, and uh, one morning, I had a really nice buck come in, about 37 yards, and he was behind all these bushes the whole time, but I stood up, I ranged him, I knocked an arrow, I was ready, and it was kind of surprising to myself, because I was like, wow, I didn't even think about it, I just did all of that without even thinking about it, like, almost, like, instinctively, Mm -hmm. and it was a, it was at that moment that I thought, you know what, I could do this. So that's how it kind of started with me. And so, now I just, I love it. I don't know what to do with myself right now because I can't hunt.
1: So did you kill that buck, or, or just that was the day that you realized that you would kill something?
0: Nope, that was the day that I realized it. He never, I never got a clean shot. He just walked behind this brush the entire time, and I never got a clean, a clean shot at him. It took me three seasons to. Actually, get my first shot at what I would consider a shooter.
1: Gotcha. And so, so what was your first animal? And where, tell me a little bit about your first animal, where you killed that, and what kind of a shot you made, and, and that sort of thing.
0: Um, I actually, my first, my first kill was down in Florida. I went with a friend of mine, um, and I, I had some wild hogs that got into his property, and they were just running rampant. And I went down there just to do some. Um, control, they, he was having some control issues, and I and I went down and I had taken two hogs for him. And then um, my actual first deer, which was like the coolest experience so far, and I'll never forget it, was in my home state of Utah um, on, a, on public land. I shot a uh, mule deer in velvet in August, and that was just it was amazing, and I had waited, like I said, like three years to do that, and I was very emotional. And it was just you know, he and he's at the taxidermist, and I can't wait to get him back. He's absolutely beautiful.
1: That's awesome. And, and was that you know, just in uh, recent seasons that you you took that deer?
0: Yeah, that was just this August, and those hogs were in May this year. So
1: okay, so yeah, so you're still kind of basking in the afterglow of your first big buck here.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And, um, well, that is, that is so awesome. I mean, uh, to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the change in mindset or what it is that you came to sort of realize or understand about the, you know, the whole idea of hunting that kind of changed your, your way of thinking on it, on it.
0: Well, um, a couple of things have happened actually. Um, I, I've seen now three deer that had been, um, hit by cars on the side of the road that, um, we're still alive and that's just that's those are images in my mind that just really just get to me and really bother me and, and you know we move into these houses and we take over you know where these deer live among other animals and they really have nowhere to go they just keep getting pushed and pushed and pushed and um they're just they're taking over, and in certain areas, obviously, you know, there needs to be more management than others. But especially where I live, they are just it's just the it's crazy the amount of deer running around. And and I with the preparations that I take, uh, practicing and making sure my equipment is working properly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I truly feel that I can make a better shot. I would rather shoot and hunt than have easier you know get hit by cars. You know, we have really, really hard winters here in New York, and um, they, they starve. There's, you know, there's diseases. There's coyotes running all over the place around here, and I just, I know that I can make a good clean shot um, without, and, you know, hopefully without suffering, and um, that was really what changed my mind pretty much was between someone asking me, you know, well, why don't you hunt? And seeing these deer that have been, you know, hit on the side of the road and and suffering, between those two things, you know, I, that's where I was more accepting about about hunting. And I don't waste the meat. Um, I'm very respectful. I don't jump up and down when when I when I shoot an animal. It's not something that I'm real excited about doing. It's part of the process, and I love to hunt. But it's it's also I'm very respectful, and, and I and I do love animals. So. You know, it's it's definitely changed my mind, you know, and it's changed my whole outlook on a lot of things. Um, it's opened opened myself up to a lot of, a lot of opportunities, and it, it really is something that I enjoy, being out in the woods. And it's not all about killing animals. I just love being out there. I mean, I hunted for three years before I shot anything, and every hunt was just amazing, just being out there.
1: hmm Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, it's something that... Uh... I guess until you really experience it yourself firsthand, you know, when you're not a hunter, um, you know, talking to hunters, thinking about hunting, it's, it is really, you know, it's a paradox of why, you know, hunters kill what they love, right? Because we all say we we love animals and we love uh, the game that we pursue, we love you know just being out there and and it seems you know maybe a little bit confusing on the outside but you kind of have a whole different perspective of it when you're on the inside and and to experience you know really that whole you know, I think what you touched on is that stewardship role, that, that uh, you know, just being a part of the whole, you know, circle of life and becoming part of the ecosystem and nature rather than just an observer. And uh, it, it's definitely special and it's really neat to hear, you know, your journey, uh, you know, through the process and, and seeing where you're at now. It's it's awesome. Well, thank you. Um, let's jump a little bit into the whole martin girl deal i was uh pretty surprised to hear uh when we were talking the other day at shot show that this whole relationship that you have with martin got started basically on like a trade where they had offered to give you a bow if you do a photo shoot for them and it's been going ever since right right right
0: um yeah it was just i think it was just more of a kind of a promotional thing for them uh just trying something new I don't I don't think to my knowledge anyway I don't believe they had had anybody do any of their ads for them that um were you know really into archery and, and shooting a lot and so I think that was kind of a new thing that they wanted to try and and honestly I just thought it was going to be one ad and and you know and I'd get you know a new bow for it and I was kind of needing one anyways kind of growing out of my other one and uh so that's kind of how it started and it's just, it's turned into this whole big career and, you know, I'm super thankful and grateful to Martin for, for help for them helping me jumpstart this whole thing.
1: Yeah, and now you can't get away from it, right? Because you're the Martin girl <laughs> everywhere you go. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I mean, we talked, now had you been a Martin shooter before? Is that how you kind of ended up getting hooked up with them, or was this just an opportunity that came out of the blue?
0: No, this was just a brand new opportunity. I was actually shooting a, a Pearson, and, uh, and, it, and it literally was like a year, within a year probably after I started, after I bought my first bow. So I was very new into the whole industry, and uh, to be honest with you, I because I was so new at shooting, I didn't know one bow company from another, so I was just learning. And I I asked a few people, and you know they all said that you know the reputable company, they've been around a long time, they have a good product, you know. So I was like, yeah, you know, we'll give it a try.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly Martin is, uh, you know, if not one of the biggest companies, uh, certainly one of the biggest names, and 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 a more than you know respectable player in the market in their own right. And I've definitely, uh, you know, been impressed with some of the bows they've put out in the last few years and and that retailer line that they have has been, you know, really really cool. Uh not just from a performance standpoint. I've had a chance to, you know, check check out some of those bows at the ATA show, but just uh the styling is is pretty top-notch on those things too. If for for guys who have seen the, you know, the Alien X that they came out with last year and and that new Alien Nemesis for 2010 is uh kind of really sets them apart in the crowd with some of that machining they're doing with the risers, and uh, man, it adds a little bit of style to the shooting, you know, I would definitely say.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I'm really proud of of all the new bows that they've produced, and I've been out to the factory several times, and they're just, they're really great people, and I consider them friends of mine, and that's that's always number one with me, and I just, I haven't Shot the nemesis yet, but I've shot some of the other bows and just i I personally you know I'm not going to shove any kind of brand down anybody's throat, but it works for me and so if it works for me i I'll, I'll always you know give the give that feedback to whoever asks
1: sure sure and and obviously this kind of leads into a question i I ask pretty much all of our guests and I, I think you know, the listeners are interested because you're a you're a known commodity in this uh, archery and bow hunting world. What is your, your setup uh, for the field? You know, when you go hunt, uh, what kind of a bow and accessories and arrows and broadheads are you carrying with you?
0: Um, well, I've got my warthog, which I absolutely love, and I've got mini cat cams on there, uh, which allows... I've got a really short draw length, and uh, so it allows my little 24 and a half inch draw length quite a bit of speed and um, when I was shooting about 57 58 pounds last year I was right at 290 feet per second um, with my hunt um, I've, I'm shooting carbon Express arrows and I've been with carbon Express for for several years pretty much from the very beginning um, I've got a really neat rest on there that I just I uh, discovered a few months ago, is the Tri-Van Rest. It's basically a combination of a drop-away and a whisker
1: biscuit. And, right. um, so you're using right. that, that model that has the, the brushes that basically disappear into the housing, right, at the release? Yep, yep.
0: Yeah. And the thing that impressed me the most is I threw that thing on there and went out and just made a couple of adjustments with my sight, and at 40 yards, my arrows were, were touching and as long as my as long as I get those really tight groups, I mean I I can go out and feel confident in what I'm in what I'm doing, whether it's hunting or 3D or or whatever. So I, I was really impressed with that, and I really I really like it a lot. And so, uh,
1: my, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say. Uh, my yeah, <laughs> we keep we keep buttoning on each other. I was going to say, what kind of uh, site and uh, broadhead and yeah release are you using?
0: I've got uh, the new Armor Tech site. It's the one from True Ball. Um, again, I I'm not gonna throw products down anybody's throat, but I just I absolutely love that site. It's I can't think of a single thing that um, that I could imp- possibly improve on. That I love how the fiber optics are protected, and that's one thing I had, I had struggled with in the last couple of years is my fiber optic pins getting you know going through the brush and getting snapped off and. Little cracks in them, and I love that. And the micro adjustment, in those side, and that sight's great. Um, I'm shooting Rage Broadhead right now, uh, which I've had um, 100% success on, which I'm so thankful for. My goodness, I would still be out looking for whatever animal I wounded if I had ever wounded one. So, um, and then uh, i am also I'm shooting a, a True Ball uh, release as well. So, and if I've got you know bony equipment, which bone boning company has always been really great to me
1: and it's got really uh quality products so well that's awesome and it's uh you know it's really neat too to hear uh as we get you know more and more women coming into archery and bow hunting and and uh you know trying to get more youth involved it's it's great to see how the technology has come along and you know there's equipment out there for people you know, like yourself, you you don't have to be the biggest or strongest person in the world anymore to, you know, generate a real punch, you know, when it comes to aerospeed and kinetic energy and and uh, really there's no reason that just about anybody who's got a mind to do it, you know, can't get out there and be successful on, you know, everything from, you know, hogs to elk and African game and the whole nine yards anymore. So, yeah, really, really uh, pretty neat to see what you've been able to do. Uh, Jumping over now to yet another facet of the Laura Franchese story is this whole NFL cheerleader deal which uh we don't see a lot of bow hunters on the sidelines here well maybe on the rosters i know a lot of the guys are into hunting uh i'm not sure there's a whole lot of cheerleaders that are bow hunters maybe i'm wrong on that but uh why don't you tell me a little bit about i guess it was what 2007 you just uh, woke up one day and thought yeah i think i'll go try out for the jills and uh, see if i might (laughs) might add that to my resume yeah i guess it
0: it kind of happened that way i um you know, like I'd mentioned before, sports was my whole life, you know, growing up and but always in the back of my mind, you know, I think almost every girl kind of wants to be a, a cheerleader or, you know, dance or, or do any of those kinds of things in high school and um, in college. And I was I wanted to do all that stuff too, but I really just didn't have the I wasn't the pretty popular girl. I didn't have the confidence to really go and try anything like that. But it was something that I literally have regretted my whole life of not trying, not necessarily being a cheerleader or, or being on a dance team, but just trying. Um, and so I had I had seen the uh, reality show of the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders a few years ago, mm-hmm. and, you know, I still had that regret. I'm like, you know, your whole life you never tried this, and, you know, here you are, you know, 30-something years old, and, and you still have never tried it, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go. And I'm going to try. And that was my goal is to show up and have the guts to try. And, um, one thing I always try to do with pretty much everything that I do is to go a hundred percent, you know, I'm not going to show up at these auditions, you know, not prepared or I'm not going to show up at an archery tournament and not, you know, be prepared for that. So, um, I was in pretty good shape. I've been in pretty good shape my whole life, but I hired a personal trainer and I took some private gymnastic lessons and, um, you know, really uh, got, got fit and went up there and I auditioned and I made the first cuts and I couldn't believe it. I was like in shock. I had to check my number a couple of times and then I made the second cuts and then I made the third cuts and I made the team. And it just, I remember that day vividly. I cried the entire way home. I just couldn't believe after all these years that not only did I show up and have the guts to show up with all these 20-something, you know, these girls, but I actually made the team, and it, it's, I can't explain to you what, I mean, the experience that I've had over the last three years has just been absolutely amazing, and I can tell you that if I didn't have archery, if I didn't have the confidence um, that I gained from being an archer, that there's no way I would have been able to show up for those auditions. So that's, that's one thing that I talk to youth about a lot is, you know, you don't have to go out and be an NFL cheerleader, you don't have to be a national champion archer, but find something that builds your confidence from within but to not focus so much on what you look like on the outside, but to have that confidence to try new and different things in your life. So
1: Yeah, that's that's a great, you know, lesson that definitely crosses the boundaries of, uh... Uh, sports and careers and economic backgrounds and what have you. Um, tell me a little bit about what it's like to be an NFL cheerleader. You're uh, you're hanging out with uh, uh, the other cheerleaders, some of the players, I'm sure, just being around the stadiums and the, and the hype and the hoopla and the media frenzy. I mean, that's got to be... Um, a lot of fun and and just open up a lot of doors for some neat things that most of us just don't get to do
0: yeah I've, I've had some really neat opportunities i've been able to go on two troop visits and i'm just a huge military supporter so when i was able to go overseas last year that was just again another experience that i just I don't even have words for it was just amazing um, but uh you know, it is very exciting. I love football. I've always loved football, but I just, I love it even more now. And the girls on my squad are, but the relationships that I have with them are just absolutely priceless. We're very, very close. Um, I wasn't quite sure what to expect at first, you know, three years ago, you know, you've got, you know, 40 plus young ladies together and I thought, man, this is going to be interesting. But right from the beginning, I mean, we just, it's like we're all on the same page together. We're very close. We miss each other when it's the off season. We miss each other during the week when we don't see each other. And um, we don't really hang out with the players um, very much. We're able to do, you know, we do have opportunities to um, participate in uh, appearances with them. But uh, we, we do, we have tons of opportunities to do all kinds of things, TV commercials and modeling and troop visits and um Lots of charity work. That that part's really great. We get to help, you know, families in need, and um, you know, animal rescues, and you name it. I mean, we we get to help. We get to help and do all that, those things and those opportunities are, you know, just not everyday opportunities for people. So, you know, we're all very fortunate to be able to do that, and I especially feel fortunate.
1: And and what kind of a reaction uh, have you gotten from, you know, the other women on the team in terms of? Uh the bow hunting and archery side of things, does that seem a little uh, strange to them? Or maybe, you know, Western New York being a a pretty, uh, you know, rural blue-collar area, hunting's probably pretty big in that area, so maybe it it hasn't, you know, turned too many heads.
0: Well, for the girls on my team, um, you know, I really don't talk about what I do much at all,
1: um, only if they ask.
0: And so when they do ask, or, you know, maybe they hear, you know, that I'm in an ad in the magazine, and they ask a few more questions, and they're always really, really surprised to hear what I do, and they're, all of them are very supportive and so proud of me. They love telling their, their dads and their boyfriends that I hunt, and, and I, truly, all I get from them is just 100% support, and they're very excited for me for any new opportunity that, I, that I've had that's that come up, so. I think there's shock and surprise, and then it's you know just support and love is what I get from them.
1: Gotcha, and and you know I'll I'll have to throw in a shameless plug for you here that if you go to. Uh... Your website, which is laurafrancesi.com, which I was poking around a little bit this morning before our interview, I you've got a great store on there and I could buy some Laura Francesi earrings or uh, some Martin t-shirts, but what I really thought I might want to have is one of those Buffalo Jill's cheerleader swimsuit calendars, so So you get to do some neat stuff like that too, right? It's like your own Sports Illustrated shoot. So um
0: that's my third one that I've that I've uh, done and been in and um, just the, the photography is is phenomenal but this last year especially I worked really really hard to get into the best shape of my life for that photo shoot just in case it was my last year you know you never know from year to year what what your life's gonna throw at you so yep that is our that is our calendar for uh, two thousand and nine 2010 and uh it's a great one (laughs) i have to say all
1: my girls are are very beautiful and
0: and they worked all very hard for it so
1: well i'm sure you'll have uh all the listeners flocking to your website to get a copy (laughs) of their very own (laughs) we'll see (laughs) so what does the future hold for for you laura um you have uh some hunts I'm sure lined up for twenty ten and some new uh adventures in the field that you'd like to have and uh where do you see the whole uh you know relationship with martin your hunting your competitive shooting uh what kind of goals have you set yourself here for the near term
0: well um i am hoping to have a whole bunch of hunts coming up this next year. I would love to go gator hunting um I'd love to go uh so I don't even know if you call it bow fishing for gar, mm-hmm. um, but those are two. Those are two things that I'd like to do. Um, I've got a friend that, that I've talked to about going uh, goat hunting, doing like a combination goat moose or combination goat caribou up in northern British Columbia.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, I've got um, I've got a show that's coming out on ESPN2 this coming July. It's uh, just like a twelve little mini shows on ESPN2 on Sunday mornings, and I'm hoping that that will continue to go into a full series um, hunting show.
1: And and what's that? Uh, Tell me a little bit about that, Laura. What's the name of the show, and, and what sort of things are you going to be doing there?
0: The name of the show is Redfield Red Song with Laura Franchese. So they kind of pull in the whole football theme into that. And being on Sunday mornings, it kind of just ties in with football. But basically, it's um, just these little two- or three-minute shows right before 10 o'clock, on Sunday mornings, and I'm hunting, and I'm giving hunting tips. Um, you know, I'm kind of, you know, obviously I'm still new at hunting. It's this is only my third season into it, so I'm still learning stuff all the time, and and hopefully that the people that are watching are, are going to be learning some things too.
1: Well, that's awesome. I mean, it's amazing, you know, uh, how many things you've been able to tackle and be successful with over the just past you know, four and five years in this business. And, you know, the thing I got a kick out of, and I have to share this with the listeners, you know, when when we're talking there at the SHOT Show, we were at a, we're actually at an event for Redfield, right? A, a little reception that they hosted. And I had met you for the first time and of course know all these things that you're involved with. Uh, obviously, uh, the Martin and the advertising and uh, the cheerleading and, you know, a pretty well-known person. And here, Laura's trying to, she's looking me in the eye, and she's saying, oh, but I'm I'm really nobody, you know, and I'm not popular or pretty, and I'm standing here looking at this beautiful girl who's very popular <laughs> and well-known, and I'm thinking, I'm not buying it, but it's nice to see that you have uh, stayed humble, you're very down-to-earth, and, you know, we're, absolutely, we're a pleasure, you know, to, to meet there, and, and it was great talking with you this morning, and uh, I can certainly see why you've been successful, because, um you know as i told you then it you just you carry yourself well uh, you communicate well and um, you know when you're when you're uh, enjoyable to be around people are going to want to be around you so uh, i couldn't be happier for you it was great uh, having a chance to catch up with you again here today i'm sure the listeners appreciated the chance to kind of know the story behind the girl so now just like me when they see you in those ads they'll think yeah, I know about her, and uh, she's one of us, you know.
0: Well, it's been really great talking to you, and um, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to talk with you today on the radio and everything. So, yeah, anytime you want to learn more about my life, just give me a call. <laughs> yeah,
1: will do. And and like I said earlier, if people want to learn more about you, they can check out uh, com, and you also have um, – a schedule of appearances on there as well because you do get around uh, here, there, and everywhere over the course of the year. So you can catch up with Laura and do the same thing I did and walk up and shake her hand and say hi and uh, learn a little bit about her. Thanks a lot, Laura. It was uh, it was great. And yeah, uh, keep us posted on your hunting adventures. Send me some trophy photos and maybe we can uh, put those up on our website or get them in the magazine and we'll we'll help people keep track of what you're doing out there. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yep, great. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio with Editor Christian Burr. For more information on this and other topics, pick up a copy of Peterson's Bowhunting Magazine on newsstands now.